computer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's audio-only special edition of the Media Boat Podcast. If you don't know what the Media Boat Podcast is, we are a podcast about media, including movies, television, video games, and music. Today is September the 8th, 2021. Hope you all in the U.S. enjoyed your Labor Day weekend. I know someone who's enjoying, the, who enjoyed their Labor Day weekend and has a little bit of an extension on theirs. My name is Matt and his name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. He's talking about me, but he's also probably talking about Simu Lu of Shang-Chi, who had a really good Labor Day weekend. <laughs> hey, we'll get there. You're jumping the gun a little bit. Hey. Uh, yeah, well, we're gonna have a little bit of a different show today. It's gonna be news only, but the following week, next week, it's gonna be jam-packed full of thoughts. Yeah, so let's power through this news here today, and we'll get you out probably in 30, 45 minutes, and then we'll have the bigger show next week with all the recap of what we've been thinking about the last couple of weeks of releases. So We'll start where we always start, with is, which is with movies. And we'll start movies with the weekend box office. And as you so alluded to, your number one movie was Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. To the tune of a currently record setting for the last couple of years, $94 million. So congratulations to Shang-Chi. And uh, I guess congratulations to um, Scarlett Johansson, because this just proves her point. <laughs> Yeah, this uh, basically proves her point. Uh, seeing as Shang-Chi did not go the Disney Plus route. Right. Uh, but this is also over four days, the Labor Day weekend, four days. Correct. But even then, I think just the three days, it was still at 75 million. <laughs> yeah. Over the three days. An impressive number, especially considering what we talked about last week with the visible numbers of 2021. Um, so congrats to Shang-Chi. Rest yeah. your top. Isn't it nice that we had that look back last week and then <laughs> yes. boom, it comes very, into play the following week? Very convenient. <laughs> Let's move on to the rest of the top five here. Number two, Candyman with another $12 million. That's at 41 mess domestic right now. Number three, Free Guy made another $11 million. That's at $94 million total. Paw Patrol, the movie, $5.3 million, adding to its $31 million total. And rounding out your top five, Jungle Cruise with another $5 million, which sits at $106 million domestic. Not bad. Not bad. We did mention last week that it crossed the $100 million, so yeah. success in pandemic era. Yeah. And just one new release this week, Malignant. This is the horror film. If you don't want to go see it in a movie theater... It will be available via HBO Max. How convenient. You can get malignant at home instead of going out where you could get a malignant disease. Ooh, I don't want to get malignant. Yeah, no, no one, no one does. No one wants that. Let's move on into some movie news, shall we? And our first story this week is a little bit of a crossover with the video game sec- section of the show. Hey, Pokemon movies. They've been making them since about 1998 in japan the newest one so that came have, out, what, like 20 plus movies now yes i believe they're on 22 um but yeah pokemon 22 or 23 but the most recent one has yet to debut in the united states until now 
The Pokemon Company International and Netflix announced today, or yesterday, that the next animated movie in the Pokemon franchise will premiere on Netflix around the world, with the exception of Japan, China, and Korea, because it already came out there, on October 8th, 2021. First revealed back in November 2020, Pokemon the movie colon Secrets of the Jungle marks the 23rd, hey, I got it, animated Pokemon movie in the franchise. Quote, During Pokemon's 25th anniversary year, we wanted fans to have the opportunity to experience the newest animated Pokemon movie simultaneously as a global community, said Emily Ahrens, Senior Vice President of Licensing at the Pokemon Company International. To further celebrate the announcement, the Pokemon Company International is planning special in-game activations that will tie into the upcoming film. Beginning today, trainers will be able to receive the alternate form of Zarud, which I believe is called Dada Zarud. Dada? I'm not sure if it's supposed to be Dada like father or Dada like the art movement. (laughs) I believe it's Dada. (laughs) That is featured in the movie as well as a shiny Celebi in either their Pokemon Sword or Shield video games just by signing up for the Pokemon Trainer Club email notifications by September 25th. So uh, yeah, if you want either of those pokies, get on that now. In the meantime, the movie... It's a good reason to sign up back up into Pokemon Shield or Sword. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. And then October 8th, everybody can sit down and watch the movie. From what I understand, this is the one that kind of riffs on like a Tarzan kind of concept. A boy raised by Pokemon. Wasn't that just the fourth one, Pokemon Forever? <laughs> no, no, that that had to do with time travel and a very young Wasn't professor. Wasn't that just Oak. Pokemon Three? No, that has to do three, with... where she was raised by Entei. No, she wasn't raised by Entei. She imagined a fantasy world using Entei. Those movies are really complicated. <laughs> we do not have time to get into it. We do oh, have time to. We should to. definitely get into it at some point, though. At <laughs> some point. Yeah, actually, I have to show Christy three. She hasn't seen three or four. I showed her two and she fell asleep. Anyway. I know. <laughs> but it had the, the talking slow king. It did have the talking slow king. That slow king could use pants. This is true. <laughs> Let's move on to our second story here. A little bit of nostalgia for y'all, because we're going to be talking about Reading Rainbow. Reading Rainbow. The 1980s kids television series that was hosted by LeVar Burton for 23 years is set to be the subject of a new feature documentary. Titled Butterfly in the Sky is a film that chronicles the journeys of a handful of broadcasters, educators, filmmakers, and hosts who believed television could inspire a lifelong love of reading. The project comes on the back of and was inspired by films such as Won't You Be My Neighbor and I Am Big Bird, The Carol Spinney Story. Quote, we we are honored to tell the Reading Rainbow story and document the show's incredible work to increase literacy for children around the world, said Justin Lecobe, head of development at XCR. He continues. XCR is the production. Yes. Or the producers on it. Right. He continues, decades later, the impact of reading Rainbow still lives on through my lifelong love of reading, which I share with my own kids. It also, as we've been talking about for the last, God, month at this point, it also has inspired, uh, this nostalgia has inspired the, internet's movement to get LeVar Burton to host Jeopardy. Um, It's the reason why LeVar, I mean, that and I guess Star Trek 
It's the reason why LeVar Burton is so loved by the internet community. Yeah, I mean, when Won't You Be My Neighbor came out, I it was my film of the year, mm-hmm. documentary, but it's also like the only film that made me cry and sit through the entire credits and like reminisce on everything. So <laughs> if anything like that, I expect this to have those same nostalgia feels. Yeah. Depending, I mean, you know, depending your love of reading Rainbow, <laughs> you would have the same reaction. Yeah, I would imagine that this is a perfect a perfect uh, format in which to delve into the story of the show, the story of LeVar Burton, the story of like, yeah, all the people it touched um, over the years. I know it has. I mean, I'm dating a librarian, for Christ's sake. I know <laughs> what reading Rainbow's power is. <laughs> yep. And if you've never heard of Reading Rainbow, just take a look. It's in a book. It's in a book. (laughs) Reading Rainbow. It's true. Oh, right. Let's move on then. That's it for movie news. And of course, we're skipping thoughts right into television, where we always start the television section with the sports corner. This week in sports, our first story takes us to the PGA Tour Championship, where Patrick Cantlay was your winner. Yes, he was tried to be traced, chased down by John Rom, COVID golfer and father, John Rom, who I think won the Masters. John Rom? Yeah, that John Rom. Couldn't catch him. But Patrick Campbell, congratulations on the PGA Tour victory. Yeah. So, congratulations to Patrick. Meantime, if you've been waiting for some football, well, wait no longer. NFL Week 1 opens Thursday night. That's tomorrow in current time when we're recording this with, with the opening game, Tampa Bay versus Dallas. Yep, that is defending Super Bowl champions against America's favorite team, <laughs> America's team. Are you ready for some football? Uh, yes, this is also my reminder to set my lineups and write my shit-talking post for my fantasy football. Yes, that's important. That is a very important part of this experience. Yes, both of those are very important parts. <laughs> yes. And of course, with football starting means that we are in the twilight hours of the regular season of the MLB. So if your team um, isn't making it to the playoffs, you should know that by now. <laughs> Or if your team is on the bubble and trying to stay above 500, you should also know that by now. Yeah, it would really suck if you're a team that's on the bubble and maybe you get it beaten uh, three times by the Angels. It could happen to you. (laughs) Looking at you, Tatis Jr. Let's move on to the next Uh, little bit. (laughs) Yes. Let's move on a little bit, a next little bit here. Uh, speaking of the MLB, the Hall of Fame, the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame 2021 induction ceremony will honor the members of the class of 2020, including Derek Jeter, Marvin Miller, Ted Simmons, and Larry Walker. You don't have a date for this, but I'm assuming it's coming soon. That, uh, so these were already announced that they were going to be inducted. Right. They, that happened today. They are officially uh-huh. all inducted in the Hall of Fame as of today. Speeches are available right now on YouTube if you want to watch them. Also, if you want to shed some manly man tears, go watch Derek Jeter. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, is Derek Jeter going to have a, a meme made of him, just like the crying uh, Michael Jordan? 
ah, not as much, but you know, when you play baseball for let's essentially like over two thirds of your life, <laughs> you dedicate your life to the game. You, you got a few things to say about it. Yeah, you you would you would have a few things. All right, anything else in the world of sports before we move on? The U.S. Open of tennis is currently happening. We will have your winners for you next week. But current favorite, uh, DJ Novak Djokovic, uh-huh. the Serbian, um, currently chasing the calendar Grand Slam. As we mentioned, he won the Australia Open. Uh, currently chasing the U.S. Open. Um, trying to win them all within the calendar year. Almost had the golden calendar, the golden slam, which is you win in all, in all the slams in the calendar year and the gold at the Olympics. Unfortunately, ah. he didn't win at the Olympics, mm-hmm. but he's still on track to hit the calendar grand slam. Well, I guess we'll see if he can pull it off very soon. All right. With that, let's move on out of tele, uh, out of the sports quarter and do proper television news. Our first story takes us to streaming network Hulu. And guess what? Warn your wallets because it's not going to be pretty when I have to tell you. Hulu is hiking up the price of its subscriptions, but only by a dollar, beginning October 8th. The price increases, which will impact both existing and new Hulu subscribers, means that the ad-supported tier will increase from $5.99 to $6.99 a month, while the ad-free tier goes from $11.99 to $12.99 a month. The live TV plans and Disney streaming bundle, which includes Disney+, Plus, Hulu with ads, and ESPN+, Plus for $13.99 a month, both will not be changing in price at this time. Hulu currently has a total of 42.8 million subscribers, though it has fewer subscribers than Disney Plus's 116 million. It is responsible for most of Disney's streaming revenue. According to Disney's latest earnings report, Hulu's average monthly revenue per paying subscriber was $13.50 for its video on demand service and $84.09 for its live TV and video on demand premium service. Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, on the other hand, both make just over $4 per paid subscriber. So what you're seeing here is a lot of like subsidies and annual and annual uh, purchases kind of making those a little less money-making than Hulu. Right. The Disney bundle, however, is still a really good deal if you're going with the ad-supported tier. Right. If you're not, however... You're basically paying an extra dollar for Hulu with ads with Disney Plus and ESPN Plus. Right. So, yeah, it's, you know, this stuff is bound to happen, which is the risk we all take when we kind of glom onto these streaming services at will. They can up the price whenever they darn want to, and they will when they feel like they need to. Um, so, yeah, no I mean, surprises. I think the last time they updated up was in, uh, almost a year ago in October. Yeah. So it's been so about it's been a year. Almost a year. Yeah, I guess it's, it's to be a, yeah, a, a yearly hike is probably to be expected, especially if they're only going up a dollar. But again, that's a dangerous precedent to set because if we keep saying that, we're gonna end up paying fifty dollars a month at the end of this tunnel, and then no one wants to do that. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. On a 
Disney's Hulu note, side note here, uh, Hotstar in the North America will be effectively terminating at the end of the year and being rolled into Hulu. That will not affect Hotstar International, which as we've talked about on this podcast is very popular and it's considered their, the international Hulu. Right. But at home, or at least at home, North America, where Hotstar is mainly for sports, it will be going away at the end of the year. Yep, Hotstar is not so hot after all. All right, let's move on to our second story in television here. About a familiar face that we haven't talked about in a while. Hey, remember Fleabag's Phoebe Waller-Bridge? Yes, not to be confused with Phoebe Waller. No, not to be confused with Phoebe Phoebe Bridges. Phoebe Bridges. (laughs) Phoebe (laughs) Waller-Bridge has exited the straight-to-series adaptation of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which she was attached to. Sources say that the Fleabag Emmy winner had a different creative vision for the series than Donald Glover, with whom she was poised to star. Glover, who came up with the idea and brought it to his friend, remains attached as co-creator, executive producer, and star. Sources say Waller, Bridge, and Glover remain friends following what was described as an amicable split. Waller, Bridge's role will now be recast as the series remains on track for a 2022 debut. Writing on the series is currently underway, with production expected to also begin next year. So they got to quickly find a Mrs. for the Mr. Smith of uh, media boat favorite Donald Glover. Yeah, I wonder what uh, the actual split was about, because this was announced earlier this year that it was going to happen. And I think we were both excited for it. At least I know I was excited for it. It's an interesting concept. I mean, like to revisit that, uh, what most people think of as that movie starring Angelina Jolie. And Brad Pitt, at the, the movie that got them together. Right, which is very funny in 2021 now that they're back together. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so yeah, like anything can happen. Uh, but still, very strange. Um, yeah, we, we probably will never know uh, what actually happened here unless one of them has a tell-all you know, 20 years we'll from now. We'll know in 15 years when someone writes a tell-all book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll or see. Or an autobiography gets written. Someone slipped something in there. Yeah, but all this really means is that there's a potential that people might have to wait a little longer to see uh, the Mr. and Mrs. Smith series. Right, oh. and 2022 debut could also mean end of 2022. They're giving themselves a whole year right, to figure it out. Which is smart. All right, that'll do it for television news. Let's talk real quick about cancellations and renewals. First up, Apple TV Plus's Dickinson, a show we talked about here before, is getting a third season, but it will be its last, uh, which makes sense. She did die young, after all. <laughs> There's not a whole lot more of Emily Dickinson to really talk about. Anyway. <laughs> uh, you don't want to make her a ghost and haunt someone? You know what? You say that as a joke, but having watched the show, that is not outside of the realm of what they do in that show. <laughs> <laughs> that could actually have happened if they had gotten the fourth season. Hell, that could still happen in season three. Who knows? <laughs> Meanwhile, Disney Plus has renewed Big Shot for a second season. The CW has canceled The Republic of Sarah after just one season. Hulu has renewed Reservation Dogs, which I believe is a Taika Waititi joint, for a second season. That is correct. 
And then we have two unfortunately important deaths this week, real rough ones on all sorts of people. First up, Willard Scott, age 87, a staple of the Today Show as a weatherman turned commentator, uh, but known to the older uh, generation as a clown. In fact, two of the most important clowns when you think of important clowns. He was a regional bozo, and he was also the very first Ronald McDonald for McDonald's. So a lot of, a lot of, a lot of memories of Willard Scott kind of had a reputation of being like, oh yeah, the old guy that was on the Today Show. Supposedly he was, he created Ronald McDonald. Yeah, I believe he was. Uh, part- that McDonald's came to him right. asking for a mascot. And that's yeah. how he came up with Ronald, which went to the ad agency for uh, like that McDonald's kept using. Yeah. And they just kept using that, that Ronald McDonald mascot. Right. Because, yeah, he was a regional clown. Up until clown. 2017. Yeah. Because of his experience of a regional clown. From what I understand is that they have largely stopped using Ronald uh, because of concerns around 2016 about, like, killer clowns. Yeah. Remember in, like, 2016, <laughs> 2017 when It, Chapter 1, came about? <laughs> Yeah. And people were walking around like killer clown outfits. Yeah. That's when they decided to phase out Ronald McDonald. Although it is important to note that they still have the Ronald McDonald house, which is their uh, charity. Believe, yeah, their charity. Uh, so, yeah, that's good. At least a piece of that legacy will will last. Yes. And then second, uh, second today, uh, Michael K. Williams, age 54, actor most famous for his role in The Wire, but was also in Boardwalk Empire and Bessie, among others. Yeah, this one was a rough one for a lot of people because um, it seems like he took his own life. Um, it is also a rough one because there were some interviews that, that he had had before this had taken place um, about how he was kind of, you know, frustrated and like needed help and didn't like necessarily seek the help that he needed. And that just being known as, oh, the guy from The Wire was not how he wanted to be remembered. And yet that's kind of how he was remembered. And it's just, a, just such a sad, it's just a sad one. Yeah, but also if you haven't seen The Wire, this should be your turn to go and watch The Wire. Not yeah. just for him, but just because it's a really good show. Yeah, I've heard that as well, and I have not gotten around to doing it, but maybe someday. But yeah, nonetheless, 54, just incredibly yeah, young. young. So it's uh, important to remember when things like this happen is like, hey, when people are alive, like give them the credit when the credit is due, make sure they're being heard and reach out if you're close to these people, because sometimes people can be right behind you and need your help. And some if and sometime at some point, it's going to be too late to help them. It's just, yeah, it's just the most sad. And we go out, of course, we our thoughts go out to everybody who's close to him, friends, family, and everybody who appreciated him as an actor. All right, on that depressing note, I'm going to just cruise on over to the music section and just continue this show a bopping with the Billboard to Hot 100. We start, and we start the Billboard. We start the music section with the Billboard. Yes. And we start the Billboard with the Hot 100. Oh, so you're going to take over. Okay. I was just yeah, going to do it. it. But 
right. Uh, hottest song in the land <laughs> right now. Butter by BTS. Yep. Number two is Stay by the Kid Lavoy and Justin Bieber. At three, Bad Habits by Ed Sheeran. Dropping down to number four, Good For You by Olivia Rodrigo. And rounding out your top five, Kiss Me More by Doja Cat featuring SZA. So yeah, the main thing that happened here is that Butter kind of popped back into the top five all the way at number one, probably because of the K-pop army. You know how they are. I believe that Butter song is also on the um, new Samsung flip phone. <laughs> Commercial, right? Commercials exploding everywhere. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, as for your albums chart, your Billboard 200, at number one, Donda by Kanye West. <sighs> if you want our thoughts on Donda, listen to last week's episode. Mm-hmm. All, and then coming in at a dis, eh, disappointing second. Yeah. I mean, it would have been your number one had it not been for Kanye. It's, right. If I can't have love, I want power by Halsey at number two. If you want our thoughts on that, <laughs> also listen to last week's episode. Uh, round number three, Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. Our thoughts are somewhere back there for that <laughs> one. Uh, same, with at, same with the record at number four, Planet Herb by Doja Cat. But rounding out your top five, we have yet to listen to Fuck <laughs> Love by The Kid Leroy. So yeah, like you said, the story here is that Kanye came out on Sunday and stole Halsey's Thunder and to the tune of literally over 100 times her streaming plays. So for here's the numbers. Like she had more physical sales and more traditional sales, but streaming was no contest. She had 34,000 individual screen, streams going into this. Kanye had 390 something thousand. Yeah, and that's also like a 90 minute album too. So <laughs> Right, it was absolutely no contest as soon as that started setting records on spotify and apple music it was no it was no contest although those set uh, records might not be uh, uh might not last very long considering this week's release that will probably be your number one record next week but we'll talk about it thoughts. is kanye west well i'm but... not talking about kanye here um no, I'm gonna, but I'm... if you didn't like any of those albums we do have new releases well, okay. Let me finish first. I was just gonna say your number one record next week will be will be Drake. We won't be able to talk about it until next week, but that will be it. Will be Drake's record, and it will probably break all of those records that Don had set. Right. Uh, that Drake <laughs> album came out this uh, last Friday. Yeah, Friday. Yeah. But won't hit Billboard until the following week. Right. Which we'll talk about the following week. Yes, as I mentioned. I thought we did talk about Drake's record. No, we, the, the pregnant mambas. We talked about the album cover because I had showed you it. You hadn't seen it before, but the actual okay, album just came out. Okay, yeah, that's what it was. We were talking about the album cover. And yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, well, before that comes out, or after that comes out, I guess, <laughs> before we get to that on the billboard, we do have new releases. It's true. We have Comfort Me by Amal and the Sniffers. God is Partying by Andrew W.K. <laughs> cool by Colleen Green. A Beautiful Revolution Part 2 by Common. Yes, 
that common. <laughs> yeah, that common. You know, Microsoft Cloud common. <laughs> uh, there's also Thank You by Diana Ross. Yep, that Diana Ross. <laughs> Friends That Break Your Heart by James Blake. Texas with an IS by Sleigh Bells. Hey, what? <laughs> by Low. As all capitals. Hey, what? It is. It's true. And the album we'll be talking about next week and possible top five media about favorite album. Starcrossed by Casey Musgraves. Yeah. Sorry. Starcrossed by Grammy Award winning <laughs> Casey Musgraves. We'll see. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to listen to that this week. Um, I'll also be listening to the Colleen Green record and probably the Sleigh Bells record. Uh, so yeah, interesting variety this week. But yes, it will be dominated by Casey if all things go as planned. So can't wait to talk about that record next week. All right. Uh, do you want to do the just read the news then? Because it's yeah. Britney update. I'll go through this real quickly here. So I've called this perhaps the final Britney update because it is very good news. It's good news that maybe needs one last verification to actually go through, but it is potentially good. In a surprise move, Britney Spears' father asked a judge last Tuesday to end her conservatorship, which would allow the singer unfettered control over her life, her finances, and her healthcare decisions for the first time in 13 years. Jamie Spears filed a petition with probate judge Brenda Penny saying that recent events have shown that she, quote, should get a chance, unquote, to control her own affairs. Quote, Ms. Spears had told this court that she wants control of her life back without the safety rails of a conservatorship. She wants to be able to make decisions regarding her own medical care, deciding when, where, and how often to get therapy. She wants to control the money she has made from her career and spend it without supervision or oversight. She wants to be able to get married and have a baby if she so chooses. In short, she wants to live her life as she chooses without the constraints of a conservator or court proceeding, wrote his attorney, Vivian Thorin. So this is a little bit of a follow-up from last time, last update where his, her father did uh, say that she, he was going to step down from being uh, the lead of the conservatorship, but there were some maybe some money and financial reasons why that might be the case. However, this ultimately proves that maybe he does actually want to end this without any strings attached. One catch, though, this isn't in the story. The judge, that probate judge, Brenda Penny, has to approve this movement before it happens. That has yet to happen. So eyes peeled and waiting for that final shoe to drop. Yeah, I wonder how much backlash Jamie Spears got when that article came out <laughs> yeah. that he wanted money to basically step down i imagine that that was probably the straw that broke the camel's back for him he realized okay there's no way i can get this out in the ways that i get out of this in the way that i want to so fine we'll give her what she wants i mean on the flip side playing devil's advocate here this could be him saying oh you think you know what's good for you here you go then. Let's see you sink or swim. Yeah. Devil's advocate here. <laughs> we will see about that. Uh, only a matter of time, hopefully, before we know a final judgment. Literally. Yeah, I mean, like you said, um, I mean, I, this happened, I think, on Monday, so give it 
a week, maybe mm. two. Yeah. For that other shoe to drop. Yeah. But yeah, conservatorship battle may be coming to a close here. We'll see. There's light so, at the end of the tunnel just yet. So congratulations to the hashtag free Britney movement. So close to happening. All right. Let's move on to our second story, which comes out of the past, specifically from 1982. Why 1982? Because that's the last time we heard from ABBA. Yes, that ABBA. Really? ABBA, yes, really. ABBA. Mama of, Mia, that's a long time. It is. ABBA, one of the most <laughs> successful music groups of all time, has announced its return nearly 40 years since its last single with a new studio album with two new songs and a new concert, uh, or two new singles released ahead of time, and a new concert that will see singers Agnetha Fultzskog and Annie Fried Lingstad and instrumentalist songwriters Benny Anderson and Bjorn Olveus performing digitally via avatars with a live 10-piece band in a purpose-built arena in London beginning on May 27, 2022. The album Voyage will be released worldwide on November 5th via Universal Music Group's Capital label. The two newly released songs, I Still Have Faith in You and Don't Shut Me Down, were recorded by the group at Anderson's, oh boy, here we go, Riksmixingsverskit studio in Stockholm, and will both feature in the concert. The songs are the first new material from ABBA since the release of Under Attack, a single in December of 1982. Although now uh, the, the members now all in their 70s have released several solo projects. So a couple of important notes here. As mentioned, they will not be performing as themselves. They will be performing backstage in cap motion capture suits. And what the audience will see are younger versions of themselves. So not like digital avatar versions of themselves, but like the Did G8 holographic versions of themselves. It's unclear if it's exactly. Like, like, I want them to be like be an avatar of a shark. <laughs> so no, there are people. They're definitely just versions of their younger selves. But yeah, they're presented in like a hologram virtual style. So you have a little, if you want a little preview of what this is going to look like at the end of the video for I Still Have Faith in You you can see some footage of what they're going for. Um, now, is this going to be similar to what, say, Post Malone or Ariana Grande Day, or even um, Marshmallow have done in a video game counterpart? So or no. Or is different because of live action? Yeah, like no. in live on concert? Think less that and more Hologram Tupac. Hologram Tupac. So it's going to okay. be more like... It looks like them circa 1980, per se. So the image you have ABBA in your head right. is probably what's going to be on stage. And that's why and they're... not the 70-year-old yeah. version <laughs> of them on stage. And that's why they're doing it. And you know what? I think it'll work because musically, these two new singles also sound like they jumped right out of 1980. Like, they have not lost any steam since they stopped recording music. It sounds like ABBA. ABBA fans will be super happy with this. I think the record's going to do really well. I think that this is a comeback story that everybody needed in such a dark time of 2021. I think this will bring a smile to a lot of people's face. And hey, maybe we'll have a Mamma Mia 3 sometime. 
for some reason in my head, I'm getting a singing in the rain vibe from all of this, <laughs> where they're backstage, someone is backstage singing, yeah. but something else is on stage performing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, it's more of a one to one because it's still them. But yeah, it is kind of right, a weird but I can concept. either see that being diverted into something else. But I can also see that if this works and if this is really successful, I could easily see other bands, like say bands that are even older than ABBA, like, hey, the Rolling Stones, for example, might think of doing this down. as well, because it's a really good solution for bands who are maybe a little on the old side to continue touring, but want to continue making money off of their music. Hey, do you want to see Paul McCartney with <laughs> the Beatles in a it, reunion tour? It's Photo possible. Photo? It's certainly possible, which is wild. You could do that and then literally have it go from black and white to color through Sgt. Pepper's era. Yeah. Except, on stage. except Ringo is still... Wow. Except Ringo, even though he's still alive, not invited, only digital Ringo is allowed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So yeah. They'll, they'll leave two tickets for him out front. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, needless to say, this is exciting for a lot of reasons. Um, and yeah, I listened to both the songs and they sound good. Sounds like ABBA. Still good. Sounds like ABBA. They still know how to write songs. No surprises here. All right. That's it for music news. Let's cruise on into the games. We have some new releases coming at you this week. First up, Life is Strange, colon, True Colors, the newest in the Life is Strange uh, series. PS4, Xbox One, PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC for that one. The Switch version will be coming out early next year. Next up, EA is Lost in Random. That's the one with the giant sentient die. Uh, that's 50, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PC. We also have Tales of Arise on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PC. WarioWare Get It Together on the Switch. The Artful Escape on Xbox One, Xbox Series X, PC. Also, basketball fans, it's time. NBA 2K22 on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, Switch, and PC. If you have it, it's on there. You can buy it. And then last but not least, your PS5 and PC uh, biggest release of the week, Arcane's Death Loop. Finally, after a couple delays, is finally out. Finally out. I will definitely be picking that up and uh, I'm talking about that next yeah. week. It looks so I'm going to actually get around to it. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. All right, let's move into the news. So the first one's more of a placeholder because unfortunately, as these things go, it's an event that takes place tomorrow, the day after we record. So we can't talk about it yet, but it is a big story. Sony finally did it and announced their PlayStation Showcase for 2021. It will air tomorrow, that's September 9th, depending on when you're listening to this, at 1 p.m. Pacific. The stream will be about 40 minutes long and will contain updates from PlayStation's first-party studios as well as some third-party partners. One thing Sony says won't be at the show is an update on the upcoming new iteration of PlayStation VR, which was teased earlier this year. The presentation will be streaming on PlayStation's Twitch and YouTube channels. And yes, 
all odds seem to favor God of War, Ragnarok, or whatever they end up calling it, being the focus here. Um, you say that, yet Horizon Forbidden West is their next confirmed big release. Yeah, so we'll definitely hear a little bit more of that. But since that's already so close, I don't think that that's going to be the last big reveal. I think this is God of War's coming out party. It almost has to be, because I can't imagine what else they'd show here. I mean, there's some scuttlebutt. Ratchet and DLC. Maybe, yeah. We could see that. But there's been scuttlebutt on the internet about possibility of Final Fantasy 16 reappearing here after its big announcement last year. Uh, we could also see whatever near creator Yoko Taro has been working on that might be announced here as well. Um, uh, Final Fantasy 7 Volume 2 first look. Maybe. That's a possibility. So, yeah. And maybe something new. I think this would be a great opportunity for Sony to be like, oh yeah, and also we have this other thing. Maybe Gran Turismo is shown off. We haven't seen that in a while. What is Naughty Dog working on? What is Naughty Dog working on in a post uh, uh, Last of Us 2 world? Who knows? Maybe we'll find out here as well. So yeah. I want to say that's their final tease. Here's Naughty Dog's next project. We'll get a logo. We'll get a logo. It'll be Naughty Dog and either the next Uncharted or I, I don't, it's not going to be a Last of Us thing. So it's got to be probably a new IP if yeah. not Uncharted. If it is a Last of Us, it will be the long rumored, not quite multiplayer, not quite Battle Royale, like alternate mode thing that they've been hinting at possibly doing in the Last of Us universe. Uh, that could also be it. But who knows? I guess we'll have to wait until tomorrow to see what Sony's got up their sleeve. Uh, but yeah, I like we'll... the speculation, but we don't deal in rumors. Right, exactly. All we can say is maybe these things will happen, but we'll find out for reals tomorrow. Hey, speaking of Horizon Forbidden West, it happens to be the subject of our story of our second story this week, because oh boy, we got a little. It got into a little bit of hot water this week. I don't know if you followed this as it happened. I certainly did. So I, I was following it partially because I kept getting updates. <laughs> on my yeah. Phone. So the first thing that happened was Sony announced last week that for Horizon Forbidden West is getting a few different editions that are available for pre-order now, as most games do. Digital Deluxe Edition with a bunch of digital goods, a Steelbook Special Edition, and then a Collector's Edition with a big statue, one of the game's mechanical dinosaurs, and protagonist Aloy, and an art book. And then, last but not least, a super special Regala edition with even more little doodads. So here's where it gets a little tricky. Originally, when this was first announced, only the Digital Deluxe, Collectors, and Regala editions contained access to both the PS4 and PS5 versions of the game. Translation, that means if you bought the base game, Just Horizon Forbidden West, for the PlayStation 4, you would not have any upgrade path to the PS5 version once you procured a PS5. So all you people out there still have yet to get a PS5, that's probably the vast majority of you, who wanted to get one game that allowed you access to both, would have to pony up more than $80, $90 to do so. So obviously, fans revolted. Thankfully. It's got to be $100, though. It's got to buy both games. Right. Like, and that's the thing is that I guess they just expected anybody to buy 
uh, like to buy the PS5 version when it came out. Like it doesn't make buy, any sense. Right, because even by the digital version, you'd have to buy some kind of digital or physical copy right. for the PS5 still. You yeah, can't so just say, oh, digitally, like it's all ones and zeros. Right. It's important to look back and see that this has not kept Sony from offering upgrade paths before. When at launch last year, both, uh, let's say, I think I'm trying to think the ones that were released for both. So uh, Miles Morales, the EA stuff. Well, I'm thinking first party. Uh, So Miles Morales and Sackboy, I believe, both had um, $10 upgrade options where you could pay a $10 upgrade. Or maybe Miles Morales actually may have been free. Regardless, they had done it before. So a lot of fans were like, wait, why can't they just do it again? Do they really just think that they can make that? They just really want to make as much money as possible on Horizon? Well, Sony heard everybody because a couple days later, Sony announced via their PlayStation blog that all versions of the game would now have a free PlayStation 5 upgrade. They also said that future games from first-party PlayStation Studios will have a $10 upgrade option no matter what. And they specifically name-dropped God of War, and they specifically name-dropped Gran Turismo here. So basically, they know that going forward, they can't do this again. (laughs) I mean, that is also confirming that those games are coming to the PS4 and won't be Mm -hmm. PS5 exclusive. Right. Like aforementioned Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. One quick wrinkle here they wanted to make sure that got pointed out is that if you buy the disc version of a game that you wish to upgrade, you obviously need a disc-based PlayStation 5. Disc-based games cannot be upgraded to play on a discless digital edition PlayStation 5. Digital copies can, but disc-based cannot. So just a little warning for anybody who's planning on getting a digital version of the PS5. Don't buy a PS4 version of of Horizon uh, because it will not translate to the PS5. Now, I can hear the gears turning, and there's a small subset out there who will buy the PS4 version, disc base, the PS4 disc for Horizon Forbidden West, because it's cheaper than the PS5 version, (laughs) and just pay the extra $10 to upgrade it. Yes, I imagine that that will be very common. Then again, I think it is going to be a $10 difference between the PS4 and PS5 version anyway. Yes, then that's why that does give Yeah, but it does give you the option of, oh, I'm done with this game. I want to give it to my friend who doesn't have a PS5 but has a PS4. That is an option there, should you go that route. But like I said, that is a very specific subsect <laughs> of PlayStation owners that I'm talking about. Yeah, but it's, it is interesting that you did bring up the point why they're doing this, which is the fact that they're selling PlayStation 5 games for $70. They're still play, selling PS4 games for $60. They're trying to make up that $10 any way they can. And so this is the way they're doing it. It's just they'd rather them do that than not offer an upgrade path at all. So, yeah, it's it's complicated. And I'm glad that PlayStation ended up listening to the uproar about it faster than I think a lot of people thought they were going to. But, man, just don't put your like feet in these traps in the first place. Right. You almost want to just 
tell him it's like no you should have known you did it right the first time and then did it wrong <laughs> it's like i don't say it's like training your dog but it's like training your dog yes the dog knows what to do so every now and then you gotta like shame it <laughs> so remember it's the right thing to do i suppose so all right well with that that'll do it for the news uh that'll do it for us but like i said this is just a news episode only yes. Next week, we will have probably one story, but a or one story per section, but all the thoughts you could ever ask for. <laughs> yes. And I'm talking all... like Deathloop, Madden, um, movies that came out in 2021 that I was able to catch up on, <laughs> a couple of Food Network shows as well. Um, yeah. We'll have thoughts on Casey Musgrave and on Drake. All of that next week. So stay tuned for a jam-packed thoughts episode indeed yeah who knows what will happen maybe maybe i've even played a mobile game that's like genshin impact but pinball i don't know anything could happen next week (laughs) (laughs) all right so thanks for joining Uh, us this week we'll be back next week with another proper video and full uh thoughts edition of the media book podcast in the meantime enjoy the rest of your week and we'll be back next time we'll be back next week with a lot more thoughts and some news, including that PlayStation showcase and what what got revealed. All right. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. Okay, bye.